Welcome to the 90th Minute Whistle Podcast. I am um, <laughs> I'm your host, Mario. I'm here with my host, Jan. Hello. All right, so today we're going to do something a bit different, a bit lighthearted. Uh, we're going to compare Champions League final squads of the same teams. Now, this idea was given to me by my co-host. Uh, he sent me a WhatsApp message earlier in the week uh, that I ignored. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, it was a fascinating, um, or I guess, I don't know if he was bored or something, or I'm just see it online. No, that's why I was aside on um, uh, Jesus on Instagram from the winning the account from UEFA's Champions League, yeah, from UEFA Champions League account. Yeah, so um, I figured instead of talk about it in our WhatsApp chat, which um, one of the things I hate about doing this podcast is that I find that it's the, the discussions that we have off air. Um, are sometimes better than what we can do, or sometimes better than what we do on the podcast. And I don't know, like sometimes I just prefer to just like save certain things for the podcast because somehow we're gonna make it more interesting off the podcast and on the podcast. I don't know why, but um, I can figure out how to get through that. Um, so yeah, uh, which one, which squad is you want to start by your right? Yeah, the team that just lost the Munchen guy back today. Champions of Germany, but they can't be Munchen guy back. Don't feel no way. Munchen guy back up. Munchen guy back up. I know. Just saying, you know. Um, and by the way, Munchen guy back. You should still fire the coach this week. Well, but like I said, man, does look like I'm going to lose to Victoria Colony next week. No, I know, that. I, 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 know, I know that as a glad man. I know that. Bro, right after we gave you a five in the pocket earlier this season with a full third squad, Freiburg beat to the following. Sorry, I'm never teaching, Jesus. No, but like even earlier this season, we beat Byron 5 nil in the pocket with a full third squad, full yeah, starters. Lose 6 nil to Freiburg the following. So. <laughs> Um, like I said, look on the goal lose to Leverkusen next week. Yeah, I know. Um, Quite annoying. It should be less annoying for you. It is less annoying for me, but still it's annoying. So. I'm the one who has to watch them lose 6 in the following. True. So, ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Um, so, starting lineup. Let's go position. Let's go position for position. All right. All right. In twenty, let's use the older guys first. Twenty thirteen. Yeah. Let's see. In twenty thirteen, the striker was Mandzukic. Mandzukic. Yes. Muller in behind. Robin Ribery, Martinez, Schweinsteiger, Dante, Boateng, Lam, Alaba. In 2020, we had Lewandowski, Muller, Gennabry, Coleman, Goretzka, Thiago, Boateng, Alaba, Davis, Kimmich. Now, so in a one-off match, 
who wins? I'm giving it to the 2013 squad. Why? I'm not going to lie now. Bayern won the 2020 champions with a half hour squad. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm thinking what? Half hour squad. No, sir. A lot of the squads that are winning the champions, you know, will not survive, in my opinion. This Bayern team did something that no other team has ever done. They won every single champions league game. Again, where we are in football overall, I just don't think that was a very competitive year of the Champions League overall. They can only be what is in front of them. No, I'm not saying no to that, but what is in front of you is still less than what even 2013 squad had to deal with. In terms of a whole, in terms of a whole, I know that later down in the competition, you still have to face somewhat big teams. But even those big teams, I mean, all right, for example, this team beat Barcelona, right? Yeah. I give them eight or eight two, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Compare that to a Barcelona team from any other era. It would have even if even if they still somehow managed to win the match, it would have been way more competitive than just beating them eight two. So I also look at the scope of who you have to face and what are the conditions of the teams. The only real challenge that you had in your group stage for this year was Ajax and you beat them. Yeah, but again, we have to look at the merits, right? Lawyer, mm-hmm. lawyer is in goal for both teams, right? Yeah, that doesn't change. Both again, Alaba is in both teams as well, but they're playing different positions. The 2013 squad has Bolton and Dante. Yeah. With Alaba and Lau. Mm-hmm. Now, Lam versus Kimicha right back. Yeah. Granted, right back is not Kimichi's best position, but he's just as good as Lam, in my opinion. In terms as of right back, in terms of tires. And as a, a defensive midfielder, he's a better defensive midfielder than Lam. And Lam is a better fullback, in my opinion. And Lam is a better fullback. But those are their but natural positions, no, anyways. Exactly. But but to me, there's no drop in quality right there. I think the biggest talking point you might have is Davies versus Alaba left back. Where I believe Davies is the better left back. I wouldn't say that. I think Alaba is a better overall player. Because even when, when Alaba was... Yeah, I believe, yes, Alaba is the better player because he's, he plays everywhere on the pitch. Not just that, not just that. Um, David Alaba was the best left back in the world at the time and he had to compete with um, Marcelo, when Marcelo was at his height, um, Jordi Alba, when he was at his height of his career. Majority of who, who does Alphonse and Davis really have to compete with for the best left back in the world over the past couple of years? Guys who, are out, guys who are out of their prime. Exactly, Roberts. Um, and as good as Roberts is, and I do think he's a world-class left back when he's at his best. It's still Robertson. And just to show you, no, granted, Robertson has grown over the years. So I do have to take that into account. But let's mm-hmm. not pretend like Robertson wasn't getting relegated with Hull City while David Alaba was winning the Champions A lot of people forget that Hull City spell that he had, which was what really gave him a shine. Um, Robertson. 
when Hull City was in the Premier League, um, getting relegated. So, like, I granted he's grown since then. I have to yeah, take but he showed in that Hull City squad. That's why Liverpool bought him. Oh, no, I'm not saying no, no. That's why I said, he, he, just to show you, even in a Hull City squad getting relegated, like, you still shine. And Maguire was the two shining lights in that team. Yeah, so I said that's why I said. Also, I'm still I'm still taking into consideration that he's grown over the years. I'm still even taking his player growth into consideration. So, like where David Alaba and who he had to compete with just overall as a fullback in that era, I just think mm-hmm. that he's better than Alfonso Davis. Now, granted, Alfonso Davis is an attacker who switched to left back because here's the thing that fits into the. Marcel um, and, and Jordi Alba because just like much like Marcelo when he came to Real Madrid he didn't come as a left back he came as a left winger mm-hmm. same goes for Jordi Alba we didn't at Valencia Jordi Alba wasn't playing left back he was playing as a left winger um, for the majority of the time because they lost guys like David Silva one matter Joaquin he was a part of that generation and he used to come off the bench Actually, he used to come off the bench in that generation because he was a he was a winger. As a matter of fact, Valencia, when he was leaving Barca's academy, he was a forward. He was an inside forward, not even a left winger, pure left winger. He was an inside forward at the time of Barca. So at Valencia, he, he started to play further back and further back and further back. And then his final season at Valencia, they had to use him at left back. They didn't have any left backs either way. And he and he happened to shine in the position. So Barca brought him back for that position. And the person who Barca actually wanted to play that position, Adriano, um, he was playing for Sevilla as a left winger. And Barca and most teams like to transform guys who are pure left wingers into fullbacks. And I think Alfonso fits that mold. Because when I used to tell you about Alfonso Davis in the MLS, he was a right winger cutting onto his left foot scoring goals. So I I was even, I was even surprised to see him as a left back. I, even if you wanted to use him as a pure winger, where he just go down the wing and put in crosses, I thought you didn't use him like that. But to see him at left back was surprising. And yes, he's definitely one of the best left backs in the world. He proved that. But David Alaba is a more complete player, and he has to compete with a lot better wing backs or more wing backs at the highest level than I think Alfonso. That's why I gave him the edge. Yeah, but you see, I would personally can say that going forward, Alfonso would be more dangerous compared to like Alaba, who would be better defensively, but I think going forward wouldn't be as good. Here's where I disagree with that. You remember that David Alaba was, he's always been a set piece specialist, but David Alaba used to contribute a lot to your goals as well. I know that, but so does Alfonso. No, that's why I said I don't think either is better in attack. Which is why, which is why I said that this would be like the biggest, this is like the biggest talking point because, in terms of striking option, Lewandowski every day over Man Manzuki. Over Manzuki, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't mind that. But I also don't, I don't want people to underrate Manzuki either. No, he's not underrated. He, he's, he was Lewandowski. He's another level. I wouldn't think he's another level. I think Lewandowski. Yeah, because even Lewandowski was at Dortmund, he was still the better striker. I wouldn't say that. I would say more complete. I think Lewandowski is a better dribbler. Granted, I think Manzuki has been underrated for years as well because people see him as just a target man. But you have to remember, when he went to even Juventus, made a Champions League final with them as well. I think Lewandowski has had the more sustainable career. 
after after that Bayern, because remember, the position that Lewandowski is in now, Mandzukic was in the same position, but he chose to leave and go to Atletico Madrid. Um, he scored goals there, but things didn't work out there fully. Um, went to Juventus and played in another Champions League final. Um, so I think that Lewandowski definitely is a better player. But this is why I would say Lewandowski out days because I don't think Manzuki has ever outscored Lewandowski. That's the problem. Neither domestically or in Europe, I don't think he's ever outscored him. Oh no, that's why the latter was at Dortmund. So that's no, why I said he's, yeah, for, that's yeah, remember, you know, that's no, that's why I said yes. But when you say another level, it seems like it's a like huge step up, and I don't think like I don't think that way. No, no, not like that. It's just that if you were to be honest with yourself, no, I would be. I would still pick Lewandowski. I would still pick Lewandowski. Then, then top five strikers. Then Lewandowski still makes the cut. No, he I, was I, underrated. Both Lewandowski and Mandzukic was underrated a lot at the time. And it's just now recently persons are seeing Lewandowski as this great striker. When, in all fairness, he's always been a great striker. Exactly, I don't, which is why I don't, I don't disagree with that. Um, I've been following Lewandowski's career since Lech Poznan. Um, so I've known him for so long and watched him grow. But you have to also, like I said, I think that he sustained his level of success. Mandzukic is moving around and then also being too much of a team player as well at times. Where, like for example, today, Lewandowski's goal. As soon as he get the ball, he turn towards goal and strike it. I thought that a lot of times in Manzukic's career that he deferred to the players around him. Also, and some people can say that's a bit too like you're not deadly enough as a striker at times. But there was benefits to that. For example, at Juventus, he played out on the left wing at times as a Ram user. Yes, he did that a lot. So, like, that's what I mean by sometimes it can be too much of a team player. The instant Lewandowski got the ball today, literally turned us and head straight towards him. So, in all fairness, when, when Lewandowski coming closer to the end of his career was more Thomas Muller than a really out and striker. So, I, I, I take those things into consideration. But, of course, Lewandowski to me is a better striker. But it's just that sometimes when they say he's a level above... It's like people will interpret that as oh Lewandowski was never work uh Manzucic was never world class, even in the latter stages of his career. Because remember that that final against Madrid, who was the only player who scored for, for Juventus, and that was towards the latter end of his career. He was the only one who scored in that Champions League final for Juventus, stepping up in a big moment, and they got four one. But yeah, Lewandowski is definitely um, ahead. Um, no, let's go to the midfield. Ah, well, just one last talking point. I think Alabad center back for the 2020 squad over Dante at center back. Oh, yeah, that's definite. So, midfield Martinez and Schweinsteiger versus Thiago and Goretzka. No, this is a hard one. All right, Goretzka over Martinez. Over Alvin Martinez. Yeah. I can well, I can agree with that. 
you see, the, the reason why it was difficult to, 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 to compare these two is because there are two different styles of play overall. Yeah, two different styles, yes. One is a deep line playmaker, one is a box to box middle. Well, Martinez is a, is a pure defensive midfielder. Most that too, yeah. in that role. So, like, Goretzka is a, is a box to box midfielder. Um, so, that's but a The reason why I choose player. Goretzka over him is yeah. Goretzka can do what he does break up play, win the ball back, right? Mm. And he still has very good passing, and he can carry the ball forward, and he's dangerous, he's dangerous in and around the box as well. Here's the thing. Martinez can do what Goretzka can do going forward, but here's the thing. He's never been asked. That is also, that is also true. I know the funny thing is, um, I still have Busquets over Javi Martinez, just as a side point. But Martinez has scored a lot more goals as a defensive midfielder than people realize. And... At Bayern as well. I'm, I'm talking at Bayern. Like, he scored more goals as a defensive midfielder than people give him credit. And the reason why I give Goretzka the edge is that he has a bit more pace than Martinez. Oh, yeah, definitely. definitely. He and can get around the pitch a lot faster. Exactly. And I think that's what kills Martinez going forward. Whenever Martinez ends up going forward and even scores a goal, like, he leaves space behind that he can't cover back. That's why I would give the edge to Goretzka. Even if Goretzka goes forward, I trust him running back and making the challenge. I think the times when Martinez does tend to go forward, he can leave Bayern open at the The wingers aren't even a question. Okay, so no, Thiago versus Schweinsteiger. That's the interesting one. That's the interesting one because both are deep line playmakers. Both work hard off the ball. Both are excellent passes of the ball. Both can shoot from distance. Both can. Both are um, good winners. Yeah, that's the thing. Now, the only thing I would say is that um, on the international level, um, Tinder has achieved more. Um, Schweinsteiger has achieved more, but in terms of skill level, like I don't see up. I don't see any difference really the only thing i might and remember tiago has played as a defensive midfielder player so i can't even say there's a lack of physicality because swainsteiger naturally has the body of a um he's a taller player so of course but tiago does actually play very physical well that's what i'm saying like i have to separate my german bias i have to separate you know, I have to separate my German bias because they both played for Bayern and both were very crucial into the Champions League win. Like I said, the only difference is Schweinsteiger has done it on the international level <clears throat> while, while also at the club level. And also, Thiago has <laughs> not been asked to do it um, at the club. Because remember... The international level as well, yes. Yeah, so. Because when, in, when Spain was supposed to transition to the Thiago Isco those guys' generation. They took way too long to do that. No, they, they, fired, no, they, they fired the coach on the even New Year at even the World Cup. No, man, even before that. Like, when they... Oh, remember but, that Lopetegu had Thiago and Isco as the heartbeat of his team. No, no, no. I'm talking when they went to work to the World Cup and they still used Iniesta, Busquets, and... Uh, oh, in 2014, they're talking. Yes, that was when they could have transitioned to those guys from that. Yeah, but they were... I don't, I don't think those guys were good enough to take over. No, they were. Again, you know why Thiago left Barca? It's because he was... Yeah, because already... he wasn't... I know, because he wasn't getting the... Because you guys had... Um, Xavi Iniesta were still 
were still there. And then we brought back Fabregas home. Because remember, our backup midfield that year was Thiago, Fabregas, and um, Alex Sang. We brought in Alex Sang as well. So we, had, we ended up having Thiago, Fabregas, Alex Sang as backups for Busquets, Iniesta, and, um, and Xavi. And Thiago and Fabregas should have taken over from Xavi and Iniesta, which Barca also took too long to do. We ended up having to buy Rakitic. And we still ended up selling Fabregas in a goddamn way. So hindsight is 20-20. But T, the reason why Thiago left Barca is because he was ready to step up at that level. Also, if you have to remember, Isco was playing for Madrid even in under Ancelotti's first win. And you have to also remember, Isco almost knocked out the same Dortmund team. This same Dortmund team that your 2013 Bayern team beat. Mm-hmm. You have to remember that Isco and Cazorla had the chance to knock out that Dortmund team. And carry them right down to the wire. Remember, Dortmund had to knock out Malaga out of the um, quarterfinals. Mm-hmm. And then they went on to face Madrid and knocked them out as well. But that Malaga quarterfinals was very close. It wasn't like they got walked over. And Isco was the star of that squad. So, yes, I think they were ready. But, again, I think, just like you said, nobody was sure if they were ready. So I don't completely disagree with your point. But that's the thing about switching over into a new generation. Um, And this is something that Maradona did not get credit for, even though I still disagree with his 2010 the picking of his 2010 squad, mm-hmm. he he failed he he failed where it was needed to fail. I hate I, I hate saying that, but he failed where it needed to fail because sure he could have called certain guys to still make the squad good, but what I thought Maradona was doing was saying, hey, let's just get rid of all of the old guys who failed to live up to their potential. Not fail to live up to their potential skill-wise or career-wise, but in terms of winning trophies for Argentina. The Argentina team before even 06, between 2002 and 2010, they underachieved a lot. Brazil beat them in a, like four different tournaments, um, finals, like one Confederations Cup, um, getting knocked out of the World Cup early in 02, getting knocked out by Germany on penalties in 06, like, there was a lot of moments where they underachieved. And I think Maradona just said, hey, to hell with all of them. Even though some of you guys were still in your prime. Like, Raquel, me, Lucha Gonzalez. Shit. Zanetti and Cambi also just win the, champ- um, win the Champions League beating Bayern and still never get called. Walter Samuel just win the Champions League with Inter. Demi Kellis was in that Bayern squad that lost to the Inter squad. He was benched for the most part. Got called, but he was bent for the most part for guys like Nicholas Arthur Mendy and all of those guys who um, at the time were young guys who weren't ready for that type of tournament. And when they finally faced a team like Germany, who could show you that these guys are young and inexperienced. Um, it's funny, but they also they also faced a Germany team that was also young and the developing. Yeah, but again, at least that German team was a bit more organized. You get what I'm saying? So like those guys were in even the same league. So even if you want to say, well, Ozil was at Werder Bremen at the time. Um, yeah, but they're still in the Bundesliga. The guys still know each other. what it comes down to is that I think most of the guys in that Germany team, you could have argued that they were 
either the best youngster in their position at the time. Also, exactly. Ryan Steiger, Cruz, Orzil, you could say that those three were the best youngsters in terms of, you know, number 10 and two deep-lying playmakers, or even advanced playmakers, depends on how you want to use them. Exactly. So and so guys like Pastore, who were just coming out of the Argentine League, guys like Di Maria, who were slapped in FIFA, um, guys like, uh, let me see, Otamendi, didn't even reach the FC Porto yet. Wasn't even an FC, it was after that World Cup, FC Porto decided to buy him. So there were a lot of guys who, like I said, even though they were still considered talented youngsters at the time, those German players were some of the best youngsters in Europe in their positions. Um, so other than Messi, Higuain, and Tevez, who was underutilized in the competition, and Aguero, who barely played. Yeah, because of injuries. No, that, that World Cup, he wasn't in. It was strictly that he didn't like get game time. For some reason. I think the only match he really played was the match against Greece, which was a final group stage match. And they were trying to get Messi on the score sheet like crazy. So, like, then basically just a pass about Um, But Higuain was the star of that World Cup, of course. But to get back to the, to the main thing, I think that that transition for Thiago and Isco was not done early enough. Um, but, yeah, I don't know how to pick Thiago over Schweinsteiger. I think, I don't know. I'm at a stalemate here. Yeah, I think I'm at a but I think the reason why 2013 wins, I think because you said it, Robin Ribery is better than Gennaro and Conan. I think there's no... Granted, I would say that I would count on Gennaro more than Robin in a big game like this. Are you saying that because of the penalty against Chelsea? Not just that, but Robin... Robin, at this time at Chelsea, was never really a big game player. I wouldn't say that, you know, like... I, I remember I in 2013, the finals, he performed very badly. <coughs> yeah, but that was his ball first Champions League. The ball hit on him. No, second Champions League final. The one... Oh, I'm thinking about the one versus Pinto, where I don't blame him for that one because you have to remember no, he was saying, also a panic buy. Yeah, but I'm just saying that. No, but I, I think... No, but here's the thing. Chelsea, yeah, I, right? I think he played well. Poor performance. I wouldn't say that. I think he played well. In 2013, well. poor performance. The ball bundled over the line. No, but no, but even in that final, I think his overall play for the game was still good. I don't think that even against Chelsea, he played well, but again, I think that he didn't step up in the moments where counting most. So I still understand what you're saying. But I don't think he yeah, played Yeah, which is why I would say that you finals. can make the argument that Gennabri would step up because he has stepped up. Coleman yeah, but, has stepped up. Yeah, but I, they, I, they've stepped up in crucial moments. No, but here's the thing. Like, and it goes back to what I was saying. Who are you up against? Like, they were up against a weekend Dortmund team. Let's be honest. They were. I, 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 I said it to you before. If Goetz had started this game, it would be completely different. But it wasn't a weekend Dortmund team. It, it was. Players. They had Grubber Kurtz, Royce, and Blazowski. No, but Blazowski was a starter anyway. It was just Gotze that was missing. And it was Gordon Rice that was the heartbeat of that team. No, but you have to also remember, like, you still had guys there like Gundogan, Bender, who were already starters. Your, your defense was the same. Yeah, um, but I'm saying, when, where, where, where we mattered the most 
was the partnership between Goitz and Royce. Because remember, Royce was out on the left wing and Goitz was the one that was literally the Orzil orchestrating that midfield and orchestrating the attack. Yeah, but and that was where this Dortmund saying. team performed badly that they weren't able to create much chances. Granted, because their midfield and defense was the same, Bayern found it hard to create chances, but they did create chances. Yeah, but I don't Dortmund think that... side, their chances were far and in between. No, but here's the thing. I don't think it would have made that bigger of a difference if God saw it <laughs> I think there. it would because if you look, if you checked earlier up in the season, right, when they faced each other in the Bundesliga, it was a completely different match. Yeah, but like I said, I don't think it would have been that different in terms of the final. Because, granted, Goethe is a big game player, but let's not act like Goretzka was chick- um, not Goretzka, um, Kevin Broskowitz was chicken food at the time. Yeah, but he's, but again, while you had to move Rice into the number 10 role, yeah. and he was on fire in that left wing slot as an inside forward, right? Right, one, you're now asking Royce to do what Gorza was doing, which was creating chances and scoring goals, while you're also asking Drop Cross to do the same thing as well. And they just never had the partnership because he never started that much games that season for them. No, but he was still playing good in the final. Yeah, he so came again, off, yeah but he came off off the bench. So Dorman's attack was, was still... No, no, but... No, but yeah, but it wasn't that big a difference. It wasn't that big of a, of a, of a fall off. Like, it wasn't that huge of a fall-off with Grotzkoitz. Because Grotzkoitz has been playing with them even, even before Royce came. Remember, granted, Perisic was there as well. But even before that, like, Grotzkoitz has good part, has a good relationship with all of the players in terms of play. Like, and at the time, I would say that that was the best, those were the best years. Now, granted, he's not a world-class player like Grotzkoitz. But I don't think it's that it was that big of a fall-off. It was a big enough fall-off that they weren't able to create much against Boateng and Dante. Yeah, but here's the thing. They're going up against Javi Martinez and Schweinsteiger from midfield. Yeah, and they have got and Bender to contend with Martinez and Schweinsteiger. No, but I'm talking direct head-to-head matchups. Those guys had to worry about um those guys had to worry about Mola um in the hole. So so basically Bender had to worry about Mola. Martinez had to worry about Royce. Granted, your fullbacks, Philip Lam and David Alaba. Well, David Alaba has always played against Blagrakovsky. So that, yeah. that, but like I but said, I'm saying, Rice should have caused way more problems for Lam than Gord Crush. No, have I don't, I don't deny that, but I'm saying it's not that. And Gord should have caused that. way more problems for Muller than Rice would have. For, for Martinez than, than, than Rice would have. I get that. Yeah. But like I said, I, I still, based on how the match went, I still didn't see it as a huge fall off. Remember, neither team was creating a lot of chances. It took a Robin, what, crawl over the line, as I said? Yeah, it was like a crawl over the line. Which is why, but another thing I'll come to is that in 2010, I feel that Hansi Flick playing style and tactics would have blown the 2013 squad away. Because and I see, by the, by the time the 2013 squad got to the Champions League finals, they were tired. They were burnt out. Here's the thing. Here's where I disagree with that. Gopinkas was had something perfect going that season where depending on the team that they played, their playing style was flexible. Oh, yeah, they altered their playing style, yes. 
Yeah, that's why I said because again, they could have started <laughs> they between counterattacking to controlling the ball, and they swap between that depending on who they play. Because remember, is why, I, I, this is personal bias, but I preferred Hansi Flick's style where he made every team adapt to him, not the other way around. No, but here's why that was good for that Bayern squad because of the players that you had. Hansi Flick has had a younger squad, as, as you said. I thought that was perfect for this. I thought what Drop Henkes did was perfect for the squad he had. Because remember, Javi Martinez, Martinez wasn't your starting defensive midfielder throughout the entire season. No, it was him. It was Schweinsteiger and Cruz was the pivot. No, like, I'm talking about just purely defensive midfielder. Yeah, like, no, you, when, we hardly used one. No, what I'm saying is, against teams that you wanted to, against teams that you wanted to control the ball, you would put Javi Martinez in. Against teams that you wanted to go gunning against, you had Cruz and Schweinsteiger at the base. But against teams that you wanted to sit back against, you had Luis Gustavo as well. Oh, yeah, he was, I forgot about him. Yeah, so he was the guy that you normally started when you wanted to sit back. Against teams that you wanted to just go all out attack and gun them down, it was Cruz and um, Schweinsteiger. Against teams that you wanted to keep possession, you had, a, you had a Javi Martinez. So that's why I still think that the I still think that um and I think that the 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 level that Ribery was at compared to where Coleman was, despite Coleman scoring in the final, like you're talking about a guy who should have won the ballot. Yes, Ribery was, was was at a different level, which would be the biggest X factor. Nobody in this Bayern team other than Lewandowski was on Ballon d'Or level. Right, and we, again, can't, we can't mention Muller because Muller was there, is in both teams. So we can't mention Muller. No, he was another one was, so. on, was on another level, both in 2013 and in 2020. Yeah, so I say him, him cancelled himself. Uh, um, even yeah. Boateng, even though Boateng was Boateng, not at the level. Well, I would say Boateng 2013 is way better than this Boateng. No, but just still, because a, he's younger, just because he's younger. That's just that. That's the thing. That's the thing. But that's what he's saying. So you can't, you can't. Yeah. That's why I'm saying. Yeah. I don't. I didn't count that. I didn't count. Yeah, that's so what you I said. Can't, I was, yeah, you can't count. Okay, it's a tie between Kimi and Lam. That's that's for sure. I don't think as a fullback you would take Lam over over Kimich, but Kimich did not just only play fullback. You know, throughout that Champions League campaign. But I don't think the drop-off in quality is so big or so massive that it warrants, uh, you know, no, like Lamb outright, you know what I mean? Yeah, like I said, I don't think talent-wise there's a disparity, but, but I think that Lamb also was a leader in your team. But also, Kimmich was a leader in your team as well. So yeah, exactly, I can't even so deny there's that. not much. Yeah, like there's not much that I can really say. Other than, and again, I don't want to have to bring up the, like, international sources, just strictly head-to-head. Um, yeah, so we can't really call internationals in this. Yeah, but uh, like I said, because I also, he went on to captains and work up in the team, so you can't. Yeah, but also what I wanted to say, but like I said, the reason why I would still give them the edge, I thought it was a harder tournament to win for. And it was, it was a harder tournament because you had a Madrid at their best, Chelsea was at their best, United was still United, Barcelona was at their best as well, so. The opposition was harder compared to PSG was climbing um, the ranks um, in terms of they were already had money spent yeah. by that time, so there were a lot more teams. Shit, again the same again. If Malaga just if Malaga just could could hold out for one more minute, Dortmund wouldn't even be in the final. 
just to show you a Malaga team. I remember, like, even looking back at our Chelsea final, we were expected to get knocked out by Napoli. Yeah. But that's but that's why that's why we play you play the match. And on that note, let's move to the next treble winning team. You on the bar so now? Yeah. Oh, 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 yeah, the treble winning team. As much as I want Chelsea to win the treble, I haven't won one yet. All right. Neymar Suarez Messi. Iniesta Rakitic Busquets. Alba Mascherano PK Alves. Thursday versus Harney Eto Messi, Iniesta Xavi Busquets, Silvino Pique Torre, Piol Valdez. No, this is this is how we're gonna do this, right? Because a lot of the names are similar. <coughs> we're going to do this based off of. Um, units. Which was the better unit? So, the Barcelona man, take the stage. You see, the problem I have with you doing it is that that favors Emerson. And here's why I, I, I don't like that that favors Emerson. In the attacking trio? Probably, yes. Yeah, because... So let us not act like Etuan Harney and Messi. Wasn't the first era, which was the was the MSN before the MSN. No, what I would say, even if you go back to Messi, um, Ronaldinho and it, like that was a hell of a. But again, we're yeah, football. I give Harney more plus because Harney was more of a goal scorer. Yeah, but I, and I, this I, and these guys were the leading goal scoring trio until MSN. Yeah, but here's a problem. Here's the thing though, where football was even defensively, like. In all nine, it was a lot harder to score the amount of goals that they scored. That's one of the aspects because I wanted to even bring up an example like the, the tackles that the tackles that that Sergio Ramos could get away with in all nine is not the same that he could get away with in 2015. That is very true. Yo, like if it are right, even if you go back to 06 when Ronaldinho was playing, like you realize that Gattuso was kicking him in the chest. Yes, back then football football was was rugby. Like but it was, on, it was much harder to score goals. But so I, I do take those things into consideration. Now here's the thing. I do like Neymar. I do like Neymar. like in terms of his game, I do uh-huh. like him a bit more than Henry. But I can't forget who Henry. Like people forgot, people have fucking forgotten who Henry is, isn't it? Like I really think people have forgotten who Henry is. I really think that, like yo, Henry was something special. It was well. I, I, after, that's why I said, like when you say units, it's a bit difficult because Etu did not want to play on the right. He played to the middle though. Yeah, but. Even in that season, what caused us to win that season was when we moved Eto out to the right and Messi into the false nine rule. Remember, it was that El Clasico that changed football. Yes, that it was. was it was at which was before this final. <coughs> which is why I didn't choose the 2011 team. Because the 2011 team, they automatically win just because Messi is playing as a false nine. 
Yeah, but David Villa was granted. I, I, I think that Henry is a better player than David Villa. But David Villa, like even David Villa, like people forget, like people forget. Yeah, people might forget, but you see, the problem is right. Yeah. The after 09, 09, 010, 011, 012, Messi is something that we will never see again. Again, yeah, I get that. I get that. I get that. I get like that, he broke Gerd Muller's unbreakable record. I get that, but it's not like Villa wasn't scoring. Now, granted, Pedro doesn't make any of these. Because Pedro was, in 2011, Pedro was the right winger. Yeah, but David again, Villa, yeah, Villa was, the problem is all your front three was scoring, right? Yeah. But this era of Messi, this era of Messi redefined what we consider normal. Exactly. Because, but you have to remember, it was with this front three. It was with Henry, Eto'o, and Messi that Guardiola said, OK, I'm going to move Eto'o to the right and let Messi play through the middle of all time. Yep. So, so we should also take that into consideration because Messi plays a false night in the finals. Exactly. And as much as Eto'o hated, hated playing on the right wing. And that's another He's thing. Bang them in. That's another thing. Eto'o is an underrated dribbler. Like, Again, if you never grew up in our era of football, you would not understand who the hell somewhere it is. Like, if you like, some like people should really go back and look at who these guys were. And granted, we got hungry towards the end of his career. Like yep. Arsenal got his best years. We got what was left of Henry and then we gave him to the New York Red Bulls. So the so question we, is. Yeah, which front three are you taking? You know, are you taking? I can't because again, I will always pick someone it over Luis Suarez. So is that is so is that your defining your defining moment? Yeah, because again, I would pick Neymar over Henry because where Henry was in his career at that point, yeah, he was no longer the P. The what them call it? Pierce the, the resistance. Yeah, <laughs> we got yo like again, you remember that nickname. <laughs> yeah, like the pierce to the resistance, like yo, like people forget who the hell Henry is. In a, like, like what whoever your favorite should have is. won a ball on the earth, should have won a ball on the earth. He's Again, one of those players that goes on no, that should have won a ball on the earth. No, here's the thing, but guess the players that he guess, was contending against, Jesus. No, but guess, but look at it. <coughs> Ronaldinho did not win the world cup. Well, yeah, he did win the world cup in basketball. Oh, two, yeah, yeah, he did. But if you look at it, there's nothing that Ronaldinho accomplished that... But how did he didn't accomplish? Exactly. But they faced off together in a head-to-head in 06. When, mm-hmm. all, when both were in their prime, they faced off head-to-head and neither of them scored in that final. But that was the final that got um, Ronaldinho's Ballon d'Or. Whoever yep. won that final would have won the Ballon d'Or. Yep. If Arsenal wins, how hard he gets the Ballon d'Or? Yeah, and Barca ended up with no granted. Neither of them played well in the match. They both worked hard, but uh, like I said, it was a smooth uh, It was not a that good match. That's not a versus Liverpool. It was a no, no, no. It was like, but compi- these were the two most entertaining <coughs> teams in Europe in terms of style of play. You got the you got the best passing team in England and the best passing team in Spain. The two most attractive football teams in world football at the time. And, and told them put it to sleep. The two of them did nothing for the first half because both were on edge. Nobody wanted to make the first mistake. Nobody, they were passing the ball around like 
not even passing with purpose, but they were passing as if, yo, I don't want to be the first person to meet this. And it was the first Champions League finals for both coaches. For both, exactly. And Rijkaard was about to lose him job any goddamn way. Because he was looked at as an underachiever. And remember, his squad got worse after that year. Nope. So, Etu is your defining moment. So, you take Etu yeah. over Suarez, yeah, which like, automatically means that 09 wins then. No, I don't. You see, that's a problem because I would pick. You see where Neymar was in 2015? Mm-hmm. And also, you have to remember, Etu scored in the 09 final. Yep. Granted, granted, Suarez scored in his final. Henry, uh-huh. didn't, Henry did not score in the final. Neymar did. Henry has played in two Champions League finals and not scoring either. So Neymar takes over that, that left-wing spot. Just because of where Henry was in his career. All right, then. So mm-hmm. we, we call that a draw there because that's 1-1-1 one, one, one each. So yeah. that's a draw. Like, the same midfield is the same and then the defenses. Um, Mascherano, yeah, yeah, we're both playing out of position. Well, on, well, on, the midfields are not the same, boy. What are you talking about? We have oh, yeah, Iniesta Rakitic Busquets versus Iniesta Xavi Busquets. Now, I think this should be easy. Yeah, but also, we still had Xavi in the squad in 2015. Yeah, but he wasn't a starter. Yeah, Come which, true, but this at the one, same this time. One, this one is easy. Iniesta yeah, Xavi Busquets. Like, nobody That's not, like, this is one of the greatest midfield trios I've ever graced football. Exactly, like, you can't go around that. No, this is, this is the thing. The problem I have with this Barcelona 09 squad is that Silvino was not our starting left back. Ah, now we get to the serious part, which might throw the, which might tip the pendulum to 2015. This All makeshift right. backline. <laughs> exactly. Like this backline was makeshift because we had a lot of players missing at the time. Alves yes. got his Alves got injured. So we had to throw Puyol in at right. Which um, is why, which is why I said. We're not comparing the squads because if we compare the squads, it's not as interesting. Yeah, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Yaya, where Yaya Torre was even playing at centre back, I would say he was equal to Mascherano at the time. He was yeah, very much so. And PK, PK, Puyol, Puyol. The biggest question is Silvino Alba. But like you said, Silvino wasn't your starting left back, anyways. No, because again, our both our fullbacks were injured at the time. Eric Abidal was injured at the time. Alves was injured at the time. But I think we have to compare position versus position to find the winner. And we're yeah, taking Alves over Pior as a right back. True, but here's a problem with that. Puyol is supposed to be playing centre-back. Yes. But he's not. That's what I'm saying. We're comparing how they lined up in the finals. All right, cool. No problem. But it, it's automatic that Alba would go over Silvino. Granted, Silvino uh, was, yeah. was a good player, but he was I not. I think the two centre-backs draw. Mascherano, PK, PK, I think that's a draw there. Yeah. And I'll take Alves over Puyol as a fullback. I'll take Alves over Puyol as a fullback. No, you see, that one is also difficult because Puyol was also a very good right back in his younger bar. So yeah, no, no. This is where the question comes in as what, what do you value? Attack or because defense? You are, you are not dribbling past Puyol. You can't dribble past Alves. Yeah, but Puyol is not giving you what at the time. Because again... At the time, exactly. Well, no, no, because Alves gives you more attacking-wise than Puyol. 
Exactly. Now, Sylvina gives you exactly what you can get from Jordi Albanata. Like I said, Sylvina was not a shit left back. Do not think that Sylvina was a shit. No, he wasn't. As a matter of fact, Sylvina was a starter before we brought in Eric Abidal. So it's not like this guy was garbage. Remember, he was playing on the other side of Zambrata. Um, 06. Nope. Because we didn't have an official starting left, but it was always Sylvina or Gio. Sylvina or Gio. So Sylvina was not some chicken feed left back either. So I believe that if we we can both look at it and say, I think that I think the biggest deciding factor, because defenses are units, I think the biggest deciding factor is who's in goal. Oh, come on. That's I think Thursday you. again takes oh, the cake over, <laughs> over Valdez any day of the week. Can, you, you can't bro. even deny that. Fuck you, bro. That, that was a layup. That was a fucking layup. <laughs> oh, come on. That was There's a layup. No way, that was no a layup. Way Valdez, as good was, as he was, has was never, a, will bro, never reach the heights at first. Well, no, no, you know what the funny thing is? Barcelona's, Barcelona had two choices at the time. Yeah. Barcelona had the choice between keeping Pepe Reina, because those were the two goalkeepers who came out of the academy at the same time. Yep. Pepe Reina or Victor Valdez. Pepe Reina was a better goalkeeper. Yes, both. he was. <laughs> He was because again, Valdez is the third forget choice. That Valdez got Valdez got saved a lot by the defense in front of him. Not just that, but like if you look at Spain, Spain had Casillas as a starter, but Pepe Reina was yes. the backup. Uh, yes, Valdez, Valdez was, was the third, third choice. choice. Yeah, like yes. he was the third choice goalkeeper for Spain. Ter Stegen has had to compete with one, of, with one of the best goalkeepers of all time in their in Germany. And still, he's and the he second has choice. Him up. But all of them, he's still the second choice. No, all of them, but he's still the second choice. Valdez was the third choice goalkeeper for Spain. Like, if I was, <coughs> if I was Pickering, I would be pissed. <laughs> I would be pissed. Like, at no point did Barca try and come back for this guy. Even after, no, granted, after, after Valdez was done, we got, we got Thursday again. So we never really need to bring back Pickering. But yo, like, Pepe Reina's career, as good as he was at Liverpool, all he has to show for his Liverpool career is the Carling Cup. And that was his final season at Liverpool. Nope. All he has to show for Napoli is the Copa Italia. Same thing for his Lazio career, Copa Italia. So, in a one-off match, right? Yeah. Who, who do you think wins? Ooh, in a one-off match. A one-off match. One match. Champions League finals, one match. That's a difficult one. Because it's a difficult one. But yeah, the reason why I said 2015 win is the same fact as I said earlier. Neymar scored in his Champions League finals. Harry didn't. Yeah. Right? One, to me, Suarez scores. Yes. Both scores. So they cancel out each other. Messi is but Messi. their defense in 2015, I feel, would be able yeah, because to what get had... a handle over your, your attackers in 2009. And I feel that Neymar 
would have taken Sylvina to the cleaners. <laughs> I wouldn't say that because again, Sylvina was not a girl. As a matter of yeah, fact, but so, hold on, hold on, hold on. You know, what taking him to the cleaners. I wouldn't say taking him to the cleaners because Sylvina was a better defender than Alba. I think that Alba does a lot in attack. That he was so much better than Sylvina in yeah, attack. Yeah, but that's the problem, which is why he's taking him to the cleaners. No, but no, you but the problem the is the thing with Barca is yeah, everybody who plays on that left wing. They are helped out because of how good Alba is in attack. No, but here's the thing. Silvina was not even like shit in attack because he was a good defender. Like, I would give him a better defender than Alba in terms of just mm-hmm. defending. But the problem is, like, if I was to start O9's actual, like, fullbacks. Yeah. If I was to start I O-9's still think actual... Alba, Alba is a level above them. Hell no. Every Abidal was a better fullback. No, a better sir, complete player. No, sir. Alba is better going. What? I, I think saying? Alba has shown better longevity, right? And they have put up better numbers. And you no, can't but... say, oh, he's just he's played in better teams. No. Alba's also maintained his level a lot longer. No, but that has to do with injuries. And I think that's what that's all. You have to remember, like, yo, Abida recovered from cancer and came back to play. Like, like I, I think people don't remember how good Eric Abidal was. But the silly thing is, Alba is such a great attacker. Like, Barca's most complete fullback, even if I include the right backs, Barca's most complete fullback as a defender was Eric Abidal. In terms of just both defense and attack, where you can trust him in both phases of the field to play world class. Alves, as you said, Alves was at times a liability on defense, but because of his pace, he could recover. Like, Eric Abidal, on, you couldn't attack Barca's left side, which is why I said this makeshift sent this makeshift defense that they had to use in the finals. If you were to actually say, all right, Danny Alves versus Danny Alves, that cancel. Puyol versus Puyol, that Puyol versus Mascherano, Puyol over Mascherano, any day. PK and PK cancel out each other. But again, Abidal versus Jordi Alba, sure, Jordi Alba might do well going forward. But guess what? Jordi Alba was also a liability at the back. Again, with this pace, he could recover at times, but he was a liability at the back on defense. Like, there was no liability with Eric Abidal because he was tall and physical enough to play. Damn near as a centre-back at times. There were times where we moved into centre-back. But again, Abidal still gave you enough going forward. I still think Alba is a better attacker. But when you're talking about the actual full, the actual back four from 9 that was supposed to play in that finals, I would have to give them the edge over the 2051. No, if we're so they're to... saying Abidal is the more balanced player, yeah, definitely. Even if you include the right backs that Barca has, like he, he's the reason why. No, but that's why I said, like, um, and I made this comparison, like, he's the reason why Alves got away with a lot of the bullshit. Because when Alves would get placed out of position. Puyol could move across and cover for him. Yeah, can didn't you guys play a makeshift back to an Alves attack? Yes, because of Abidal's ability to both play to play even as a centre back. Even you remember, you remember when I told you that Pep got bored in 2013? Yeah. And he was using a back three. He used Puyol Pete and, and, and um Eric Abidal. So, like again, like Abidal was an overall good defender on both ends. Um, to, to make a comparison, 
what Chelsea have in Aspilicueta now is what Barca had in Abida. The only difference okay, is the only difference is Aspilicueta stayed healthy. Like the fact that Abidal had um the liver cancer thing, um, plus other injuries in his career, you know, like ankle injuries and stuff like that. So, like I said, I agree that Alba has maintained like to stay up at the injury table, but like this makeshift back four, I don't even know how they managed to win this final. Like, yo, you realize that Sir Alex switched to a front two of CR7 and Rooney? Yeah. But it's final. No, granted, him fuck up in midfield. Anderson. That's over. why they lost. Um, that, you know, like Loki, your defense was speared because of how good your midfield was. True, true. I can't go around that. If your I midfield can't. was not as good, good as it was, CR7 and Rooney would have torn your. Oh my God, man. And then instead of. No, I don't know what happened to Gary Neville that year. I don't know if he was injured at the time. But they ended up having to play John O'Shea at right back. Mm-hmm. So Henry had a field day. Um, because again, the only person granted Vidic and Ferdinand complained that they couldn't stop Messi because they didn't know how to mark him. But John O'Shea was out of his out of shouldn't even start. He was out of his depth. Yeah. Because, Anderson Grant, because well. I understand Vidic and Ferdinand because. The false nine has not been used for such a long time. We gave Madrid five. Come on, like nobody knew how to defend against. Most people understood how to defend against. The only person that knew how to defend against the false nine was Jose. Exactly, and again, but that's because Jose is a football historian. Again, he knows Barca in and out. He was an assistant manager under multiple managers. He was an assistant under um Robson, um Brian Robson. And mm-hmm. then under Van Hal, and was pissed at the fact that Barca chose Pep over him. So, like, again, if it was just this makeshift, if we're just talking about the finals, okay, sure, one half back between the two of them. Yeah, but if you're using this makeshift back for that Barca had, that man you couldn't take advantage of. I have to give 2015 Barca the edge because I still pick Xavi over Rakitic. So there is. Yeah, but that one was that one was kind of different. It was. But yo, I, no, think I, for, I forgot that Anderson and John O'Shea started that much of it. Mama, let us let us not speak of Anderson. I said I said, I said it in the group. This man made a killing. Him get away with robbery as a footballer. And the, and the worst part, he was a very talented player. That's that's the worst part about it. It's not like he wasn't talented. Yeah, for remember, this guy was getting called for Brazil from, from, from his FC Porto days. So, him and Lucas Leva did not live up to potential. So, you ready now? Oh, for the, the last one. one of the night. Yeah. Chelsea 012 versus. Chelsea, 21. Mm. We have in attack, Jogba, Bertrand, Mata, Kalou. Um, send me those two. I never pull up those. Send me those two. Okay. Um, Lampard, Mikel, 
No, just send oh, like send with them first. I won't. I won't have it. Oh, okay. Uh, some reason I don't ever pull them up. I never pull up the chess one. I see this is what's fucked up about playing the finals, man. Like, there's no way. Like, if if, if Chelsea had their full squad, there's no way Ryan Merton starts with that one. No, he doesn't, but that, that's what makes it fun. So I sent you both of them. In the, As you should know, the, ignore the bottom half for the for the twenty the Chelsea 21 squad. All right, yeah, so we're good, we're good, we're good, we're good. So, yeah, we have Czech Cahill, Louise, Cole, Bozingua, Lampard, Mikel, Mata, Bertrand, Kalu, Dragba, mm-hmm. versus Christensen, sorry, Thiago Silva, Rudiger, Aspilicator, Rich James, Ben Chilwell, Kante, Jorginho, Havertz, Mount Werner, Eduardo Mendy, Gold. Yeah. Let us start with the defenses. All right. Hotel defense. Repeat Check better than Mendy. Cahill, Lewis, better centre-backs than the back three. Cole, Bozingo, better than James Chilwell. I don't even need to... I don't even need to justify my selections. Yeah, but here's a problem. Here's a problem with that. Mm-hmm. You're getting a Thiago Silva at the end of his career. Nothing in absolute prime. Granted, he, still, know, plays, he, he still plays. No, granted, he still plays. <laughs> yes, um, I'm just saying. We can one off. Again, if Terry starts in this, then it's worse, no debate. <laughs> exactly. Cahill and Luis to me. Well, on a Cahill and Luis. They're getting it off. Them get, they, they're literally, like, in terms of the defense. Yeah. Right? They're actually lucky. That Terry is a team that defends. No, but here's the thing. That's what I went back to with the whole Barca thing. Like that's a makeshift defense. Granted, it's a yeah, but this make no, but this no, this makeshift defense is only a right back and Cahill coming in. And we should remember that this Cahill was still one of the best center backs in the league, one of the best young center backs in the league. I wouldn't even say that he was in his prime then. No, he wasn't in his prime. He was like, he was 21, 22 run yesterday. I look a bit older than that, but still not oh, 23, 24. Prime. He was young. He was young. Yeah, yeah. He was young. But even David Luiz was young at the time as well. Yes, both of them were young, but both of them were some of the best center backs. Young stars in the world. They were yeah, best, yeah. one of the best. Exactly. Yeah. Cole was the best left back at this time. But that, what, that's what goes back. That, but I, that's what I go back to with the whole Alaba thing. Alaba <laughs> had to compete with Ashley Cole, Marcelo, um, thing there, David Allah. Well, so, sorry, may I said David Allah. But you see the level of you see the amount of fullback. Patrice Evra was still around at the time. Yes, Patrice Evra was still. I mean, he was still in still in the Premier League, still going up and down that flank. We should we right. should also mention Kalarov as well for City. Exactly, <laughs> the level of competition back then at fullback was a lot harder than it is now. And Cole was considered one of the, the best left back in the world. Yeah, it was between him, Marcelo, and again, Alaba was a young guy at the time. Alaba was, yes, one of yes, young I, 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 I was the youngster coming up. Exactly. Trying to unseat the two veterans. It was Evra, Cole, and Marcelo. Were the two best. person had their top three left backs. And then you had the young guy, Alaba, coming up trying to, to fight out the two veterans or the three right. veterans for the spot. Kalarov was one of the young guys at the time as well, coming out a lot to mm-hmm. Man City. 
Bozingwa. And you see, that's that's my that's my that's my, my problem with also like comparing these squads. Reese yeah. and Chilwell don't reach to their prime yet. No, they don't. That is also true. But again, that's what makes it fun. But Zinga wasn't our starting right back that but year. But in all fairness, that was coming towards the end of Bossingo's career. Oh, end of one again because he wasn't our starting right back. Because remember, when Bossingo was a starter, was when um when was when Lickle, we signed him Lickle after Portugal lost in the <coughs> Euros. Yep. Euros that they lost. Yeah, and he was coming from a squad where he was a Champions League winner. He was our replacement for Paulo Ferreira, and then we mm-hmm. brought in Ivanovic to replace Ivanovic him. Ivanovic replace him. Like individually, I would I would take Reese Jenko over Bozingwa. Yeah, because individually, Bussingo, no, no, definitely, I, I agree with that because again, Bozingwa was functional. But as a, a unit, yeah, as a unit, I'm taking this backline over. Which one? Chelsea's. The 2012? Yeah, the 2012 backline over Chelsea's. Backline. All right. Does the sheer amount of experience yeah. and leadership that this backline has? Because you have Czech, who's the captain for his, for his for Czech Republic, right? You have yeah, Mazzini, yeah. previous Champions League winner, been there, done that big game player. Ashley Cole, one of the many leaders in the Chelsea team and in the England team. Another big game player, been around the block, been there, done that. Except the sheer Roma, experience. Money. Yes. <laughs> the sheer experience of this back, of this defense, mm. is just on another level. All right. Let's go into the midfield. Okay. This is where it becomes a bit more complicated now. Yeah. <laughs> Lampard, Mikel, Jorginho, Kante. Kante. Now we are comparing. Ah, this is where you have got trend pan. This is this is where you where you let's say you're on um, sacred ground now. Mm-hmm. We're not have to be careful. I have to is be it... careful how we how to. Oh, we're on? This one, you know? Yeah. Okay. Why you you afraid of every Chelsea fan attack you online? <laughs> Right, me have a social media company. Are you supposed to <laughs> <laughs> Okay, right. one part of Kanti and Georgina. That's uh that's there's no debate here. Anything right. Kanti and Georgina can do, Lampard can do it better. You see, the problem with Mikkel is we've never used Mikkel to the full up in, in, in we've never used Mikkel where the we way he's supposed to, yeah. So but you see, okay, ah, I figure it out now. If we are comparing roles, right. Mikel would have been given the Georgina role and Lampard would have been given the Kante role. Yeah, exactly. But here's also. But if we are comparing the roles, right? Yeah. You would take Lampard over Kante as your box to box. Yeah, definitely. Just because Lampard guarantees you goals. Lampard is the, other than Jogba, which was going to Jogba, Lampard is your the second biggest big game player. You see, the problem with Mikel and Jorginho <laughs> is that I can't separate them at all in terms of... You can't. Like, but if you're talking someone who is a better pass of the ball, someone who is able to play on the, like, break the press... You could say Jorginho because that's his no, specialty. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's a, but the thing is, we've never used Mikel 
in, in that his way. best role. But here's a problem. What what Jorginho does, everything that you just said about Jorginho, yeah, Mikel does can, the same thing as well. But he does it for Nigeria. Like, no, it's not like he's not like for Nigeria. That's why I said, like, it's not like, it's not like, it's not like. Chelsea has um, never used Mikel like God knows him of almost 500 appearances. Jesus. Because again, we use him as a. We for didn't leader. For we the, didn't for the, for the yeah. leader. Mikel was our first Jorginho before we got Jorginho because yeah, but, that's how we use Mikel. Yeah, but here's a problem. And I, and, and I saw this problem coming with Kante. When Kante was brought in, what was, what was the claim? He's our new Makalele. And I keep saying... Yeah, but they are not the same know. players. Exactly. <coughs> it's that easy was what... to compare Mikel and Makalele or Jorginho and Makalele no, but here's and the to problem. compare Kante and any and Makalele. No, but here's the thing. Even with Mikel... That was what killed Mikel's Chelsea career. And yeah, I would even, that's how we used him. We tried to turn everybody into Makal. And SCN as well. We tried. SCN is a box-to-box midfielder. Which, like, to be fair, yeah. this is where your argument comes in. If we are talking the squads, Ramirez, SCN, oh my God. The 2012 squad, in terms of midfield depth, and quality of midfield, yeah, you would take that over the 2020, the 2021 team. Yeah, we don't even start talking about Real Madrid yet. Yeah, with that, just because again, if another Champions League winner in that Porto squad, granted he was one of the youngsters. Um, mm-hmm. another another guy, another youngster in that um all four squad with Portugal who lost um that that Euros, and he was such a good like we call it now. He was a utility player in midfield where he could play any of the three, many of the three midfielders, right? He could play mm-hmm. any of the three midfielders for us. Why did Zoom fail? Why is Zoom? Oh, you I'm find a Zoom. Where? I'm back on Zoom. Are uh, you on? You, you can hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Lali, you can still hear me? Yes, I can. Or I guess me can hear you. But yeah, like in terms of Raul Morales, we still had players, and we got Raul Morales towards the end of his career. Yes, we got like, to the end of his we career. Him from Liverpool after he won the Carling Cup with them, um, so that he could actually win some trophies and stop wasting his fucking time and get back to being um, a top class player. And you know who Raul Morales remind me of? He remind me of another Jose player who was a part of that Porto squad. I mean, Thiago. Mm-hmm. So like. We haven't had that like Portuguese box to box midfielder who could still create, and I thought that he did that role perfect. So, all right, Mata number 10. Well, there's no number 10 here. Oh, Mata is a part of the midfield. So, this Mata was Chelsea player of the year, Mata. Mata was a part of the midfield for Chelsea. Um, yeah, but- and this was Chelsea player of the year, Mata. Yeah. Now, Mata is in the attack, so we have to, we have to do attacks versus attack. Mount, right. Werner, Havertz, Bertrand, Mata, Kalu. Yeah. Now, as the two strikers in the squad, Jagba, Werner, that's, there's no debate there. None. No, zero, zero. Yeah. I think we take Mount over Bertrand because he was a left back playing at left wing. Yeah. There was no attacking outlet from, from Bertrand. His job was the simple 
help Cole defend that. that, that against defense. Robin. Against Robin. Yeah. Um, so, Matakalu, Havertz Mount. Ah. As a number 10, or as a pure creative player, Mata, Mata is more creative than both Mount and Havertz. And can give goal output as well. Yeah, but you see, the problem in this is that Havertz was clinical in the final. Mata missed his penalty. Yeah, but that's a penalty. Like, I think yeah, but we still have to take that into consideration. No, but here's the thing. But also, we also have to take into consideration how both teams played as well. Yeah, but that's why I said, like, in the case of Mata, Mata was still playing more as a midfielder than even Kai and Tinder were. They were yeah, than even, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, like, just missing a penalty. And then here's the thing. Mata still probably was a big game player with Spain because he scored in a final with Spain from open play. That's why I said the penalty, the penalty to me, I can't put too much into it because Mata scored in from open play in other finals. And again, this team sits back a lot more than Crucial's team did. Yep. I think Tushel's team, team control against <coughs> Yeah. I think we're taking I I would personally take Mount and Havers over Bertrand and Kalu. But I have to take Dragba and Mata over all of them. Just because Dragba guarantees you goals. Matter guarantees you creativity. Yeah. The vision, the passing. Oh just my that. god, why? Don't, don't even have to talk about the goals, just vision and passing. Yo, like I swear, like it, it hurts me sometimes. It it really does. It really hurts me for one matter's turn. Because I've followed his career from Real Madrid, coming out of Real Madrid Academy. I was jealous that he came out of Madrid Academy. I wanted Barcelona. Then I heard that Arsenal were closest to signing him before Chelsea in Australia. We stole him from Arsenal. Nothing new. Yeah. And then we still William. We took Ashley Cole and gave them Gallas when Gallas was on his last leg. Like, come on. Exactly. So, like, I saw Mata at Valencia, like, and even, you see, here's what, and that's not also the next problem. Chelsea was the first time one Mata got to be one Mata. Because as great as he played for Valencia, he was a starter all the time. Because that Valencia attack, nobody was a starter for him. For Chelsea, he was a permanent starter as the number 10. Exactly. Because for that Valencia team, you had David Silva, one matter, David Villa. You had Pablo Hernandez. Granted, Pablo Hernandez didn't live up to those guys. You had Joaquin as well, who started in the 08 Euros on the right wing. Like... So we should remember that Mata was winning Chelsea Player of the Year with Lampard and Drogba in, in the, the same team. team and Terry in the same team and and Fernando Torres somebody who spent fifty million. Don't don't do not mention that person's name. He, he was still great for Chelsea. He still won trophies for us. He knocked Barca out of the Champions League. You can't be aware now, Torres. I would say, hey, 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 hey. I would have forgiven the edge. Loki, Loki. Yeah. Torres is the reason why Chelsea doesn't have the amount of league titles as they should. True, true. But here's the thing though. Torres has carried us to a trophy in terms of the Europa League. Yes, but he's the reason why 
we don't have at least two more Premier League trophies. Yeah, but low key though, know. low key, right? Low key. Yeah. If Drogba was younger and that Hazard Mata Oscar had a Drogba in front of them, they would have won the league at least two more times, minimum two more times get, before I, Jose came. I get that. I get that. I get. That. I don't want to be certain. Matter of fact, they win the league in Jose's first year and they win the league in Jose's second year. Hey, I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that. Where's the thing? We can't pretend like Torres still didn't score when we Granted, I lost, like, Torres lose on money before. Like, I was. Pissed. Yeah, that miss against United, that was it for me. I was, yeah. I was like, I was done. No, like, every Leon, transfer window, I pray that he left. Leon, I had to go to school and pay, like, because again, I've been sports betting since I was in high school. So, um, you have to explain that one. Eh? I couldn't explain. You can't explain that. Fucking, the fuck, I can explain. <laughs> I had that. You know, in our appearance, that was the first time I turned against Torres. Like, if you, if you, if you ask, um, you know, Oshie, like, you know, yeah. somebody that I grew up with from high school. That morning was a very difficult Monday morning on such as like that Monday morning, the money you find it, you eat in a car because I mean, me and, me and him alone are the only Chelsea fans in that class. You had one Liverpool fan who God, God knows why he was well granted, him, him, him was watching football from the old five, so I understand why he was a Liverpool fan. We had a the entire class was money, the entire me and me and him alone from the front line to Chelsea. He had one Liverpool fan in another class. Um, if there was an Arsenal fan, nobody never make themselves known as an Arsenal fan. But you know, it's funny, like in my high school, you know, to say the opposite. Really? They had around the group that I spoke with, there's two Chelsea fans, one Arsenal fan, and he made him know that he was an Arsenal fan. God bless him. They had yeah. three Liverpool and both three United. Oh no, man! We were we were, we were swimming in an ocean, and you like, yo, brother, that was a hard Monday morning. Like we were swimming in Man United fans. We were swimming in Man United fans, and they did not. That that morning was very difficult. But yo, Torres still scored when it mattered for Chelsea. Just like how Werner still performs well for Chelsea, because again, if he doesn't pull those Man City players out of position, which is why you could purposely say that yo, you can't get a with take Werner because. Torres hid for Chelsea. I wouldn't say he hid. Like, in all fairness, I wouldn't say he... Like, the funny thing is, Torres, to me, didn't hide for Chelsea. He just didn't finish. But he wasn't... He didn't contribute nothing to the team. That was the problem. No, he contributed exactly he was, what... You were basically playing with 10, man. No, but here's the thing. He contributed... Werner wasn't Werner finishing, but Werner was creating a lot of chances. No, but that's the Matter thing. Matter of fact, he ended the season as Chelsea's... With a Chelsea player, the most chances created. No, but here's the thing. In terms of what Torres brought, I think Torres brought exactly what Werner does in terms of pulling players out of place. The problem is... Um, and Werner did score goals. That's the problem. Like, when when Torres did pull players out of position, like, we had midfielders who could run in and score. So it wasn't that thing. Like, you never notice it as much. The reason why I think you notice Werner's own is because our midfielders now don't score a lot. So, like, will notice that Werner pulls players apart. Torres did the same thing. As a matter of fact, it's why he scored against Barca. On the counter. Yeah, but he always scores against Barca. Yeah, He's been doing that since Atletico Madrid. Atletico Madrid, exactly. But, like, again, I still think Torres scored when he was... And you remember that run he went on the following year in the Europa League? 
Yes, which is, I, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But I'm still saying, in the league, he cost us two league titles. Cool, no problem. All right, so who are you, who are you taking in a one day off? In a one half match? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I Like, you know, we kind of debate, we debate the, the starting levels as well. But in a one half match, we're taking 2012. One reason and one reason only 2012 knows how to score goals. 2021, they haven't figured that out yet. Granted, I, I, would, I was going to say leadership. I was going to say leadership. And they've not figured that out yet. I would, I would say leadership. Like, that's what gave me the edge. Like, I am sure of what Drogba is. I am sure yeah, of what Lampard is. Leadership is I am different. Sure. Like, yo, but you know why I won't mention we have five, leadership? six different captains. That's why what, what I won't mention leadership, isn't it? Yeah. But I will mention the one intangible yeah. that both teams should have, which is the ability to put the onion in the bag. And 2021, they haven't figured that out yet. Because Leicester City should have lost at least three mil in that final. Chelsea literally threw away golden chances in that Champions League final. You give Jogba, Mata, or Lampard, even Kalu those chances, and it's being buried. All right, so I guess so far. Um, I where do where do this where do this with some other teams though? Where do this with some other teams? We compare um Zidane's Champions League team with Madrid with another one, but that's not another time. Um, that's it for us today. Um, from the 90th minute this podcast, check us out on livesports.net, right? It's at it's at LiveSports1 on Twitter. It's at LiveSports. It's at Live.sports um, on Instagram. It's what well, Live Sports Media on YouTube, Live Sports Media on Twitch. Um, you can check us out there if you want to like anything from our gaming. We play a lot of different sports games. Um, so if you like UFC, esports boxing, FIFA, I play Madden, Leon plays 2K. Um, if you want us to, well, we also do racing games as well. So, um, is there any racing game that carries F1? Yes, there is. F1. No, no, well, yeah, but um, I was also thinking, uh, what's the game I'm thinking of? Not, what's the one that you made me play the other day? Forza? Yeah, but it's not Forza, me, I think. It's not Forza, me. I'm thinking Gran Turismo? Gran Turismo. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't play no PlayStation games around here. Yeah, yeah, I know you have your bias. I don't understand why I play games from any console. Like, just has to be a good fucking game. Uh, yeah, so because Frozen is still the better, it's still the better racing game over G- Gran Turismo. GT is unnecessarily hard for no reason. Yeah, well, that's the thing. That's why I said I don't think it's a better game. I think what the problem is with Gran Turismo is that they, they try too much to be a driving simulator. Games are and in terms of fun. a driving simulator, Frozen is way more realistic. GT just unnecessarily hard. No, but that's what that's what that's you know. What what GT reminds me of what? when um. The grid when the grid first came out. No, but you see, that's the thing. Gran Turismo to me was the better game for many years. It's when they started to try and become a, a driving simulator, like they tried too much to become um an esport to the point where they forgot that yo, you're a video game, it's supposed to be fun. You have a point. Like Gran Turismo, well, or not Gran Turismo want you to buy a fucking, you know, the steering wheel thing with them. Yeah, man, the steering wheel, the gear, the gear, the gear pedals, everything. Yeah, the fuck wrong with the fuck wrong with it. 
Abang nak buy that. You think the regular casual man are going to buy it? Because yeah, that's yeah. literally what, what you needed to actually find any sort of enjoyment in that game. Exactly. And again, that's why I said like, they tried too much to become a driving simulator. Um, they're trying to become the FM of, of, of sports games. That will, like, we don't need that level of realism where we need to buy a damn steering to play You're still supposed to be a video. You're supposed to be fun. Regular driving hard is as enough as it is, especially in our country. Regular driving hard is enough as it is. <laughs> like, we're supposed to play this for field goal. But yeah, um, check us out um on all of those platforms. Um, we'll see you guys next time.